Coffee with Humans is live, candid conversations between strangers who become friends. Made possible with your support. Subscribe, share, and comment on your favorite platform. Get Coffee with Humans mugs and more. Links are at coffeewithhumans.com. Thanks for joining me. We are live here on a great Saturday with Coffee with Humans with my new friend, Fatima. Fatima, welcome to Coffee with Humans. Hi. How you doing? Thanks for uh, having me. I am so excited that you're here. Uh, we have had the pleasure, uh, for our viewers and listeners, we've had the pleasure of knowing each other for the last 10 or 15 minutes. Just doing some technical checks and then a little bit of, a little bit of uh, um, understanding what we might want to call this chat. But the secret here, and and you know this, Fatima, <laughs> I don't know what we're actually going to talk about. I have all sorts of talks that we've named it something, and I and it ends yeah. up in a different place. But I don't know. And that's Coffee with Humans, where strangers become friends. So uh, I'm curious, f f two, two things. Number one is I have no idea where you're located in the world. I'm in northern Illinois. Where are okay. you at? I am in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, Midwestern. Yeah. Well, I'm from Vegas. Okay, not Midwestern. But, and I, I'm from Vegas, born and raised, but I came to Columbus by way of Charlotte. I was in Charlotte eight years before I moved here, and I've been here wow. two years. So, yeah, I just keep, for whatever reason, coming to cold. Like, I don't know, like I'm angry at the sun or something. I don't know what that's about. Well, but, it's, but what yeah, is it? I'm in What's the temperature in Columbus right now? Because it's like 96 um, in Illinois. <laughs> it's 87. And yeah. this is major. This is major now that it's 87 because just about three weeks ago, seriously, it snowed. I woke up and it was snowing, <laughs> snowing in May. Like, what is that about? But it, it true story. Yeah, that's so, the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah, we're just happy. We're just happy right now to see the snow. I mean, to see, see snow, to see the sun and to be able to go outside and my kid can run around and not jump on my couches anymore. We're just excited about about the little things. Oh, it. you know what? It is the little things. I got a text today from a friend who said um, something like, you know, today we're, we're just uh, um, just enjoying the day. And without any schedule and just kind of being present in the moment. And I was like, wow, that's really wise. And thank you for the reminder, because sometimes it's so easy to get wrapped up in just like, go, 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 do, do, yeah. do, instead of just being present in the now, like in yeah, this moment absolutely. and just, you know, playing in the yard. Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, I also am curious, what, why did you, <laughs> what's going on in your mind that you would click a button to have coffee with me? That's I, it shocks me every time somebody does it. <laughs> well, number one, I am a talker. Okay. And anytime that I have the opportunity to talk to somebody outside of my family, they give me the same, uh, mm -hmm, really, what? And it's like on this repeat thing, mm -hmm, what? You know, um, anytime I talk to somebody who can actually give me um, insightful dialogue, I'm there. I mean, really, I'm there. And um, and coffee, although I have given it up and now I am doing tea, mm. I have come off of coffee, coffee during the during the pandemic. And I'm trying to do more like organic tea to have less caffeine, stuff like that. Starting my day off that way. I still love coffee. And it just reminds me of being in the back of a Panera or something or a nice <laughs> coffee shop, just sitting there and just chopping it up and talking. I love yeah. that. Um, but but also, you know, I come with purpose and and I have things to talk about. And I have been through um, some dynamically crazy things in my life that really had me spiraling in this place of anxiety and, and depression, very complicated relationship with anxiety and depression. And um, I believe that my faith, along with what I call a soul healing journey, for me, that is when my your or my or your mind, emotions, and body, and faith align at one time, and you actually pay attention this time, you unbusy your life to hear what it's saying to you, and you go and deal with that stuff that is really keeping you emotionally disconnected. I went through um, a, a season in my life where I, I went through some deep trenches in my life to just relook at some stuff and, and get some clarity and forgive a lot of stuff and release a lot of pain that was attached to events. 
And it brought me on the other side of where now I'm helping other people to go through their soul healing journey. So um, at this point, I'm really in this space where I want to talk about healing and I want to talk about restoration and just the ability for us all to change the trajectory of our life if we just believe it. Yeah, that's that's really powerful stuff. I know that and, and I know what you're talking about is, is the it's it's like um, it's very holistic in nature. It's this mind, body, spirit thing, and I want to I want to you know point out what I heard also in that was that you you changed your habit of drinking coffee, and moved it to tea. Why <laughs> why did you? I think it's a, I think it's important to 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 pull that pull that thread because <laughs> why did you why did you move from coffee to tea? Well, okay, so quickly I'll say it quickly. I grew up in an Asian religion number one. And um, we always just like my foundation has always been drinking tea, honestly, okay. not stereotyping anybody. I'm just saying that in the religion that I was a part of, that was yeah. like one of the major things we did. We drank a lot of tea, hot tea. And so that was kind of like my nature growing up. I never went towards coffee. I always was a tea drinker. But then as I got into the workforce, into the corporate world, everybody always had a coffee pot. So I found myself always drinking coffee just when I was at work, like Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, I never drank coffee. But as I progressed in the workforce and grown and aging and all of that, coffee really became more of a habit. And tea was it was just swipe left. OK, it was gone. And I really became a huge not an addict, but I needed my coffee. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. you know, I, I did want my coffee. And so with, and I realized that during the pandemic and working from home, I realized that I didn't have that strong desire. In the beginning I did because I think it was a soother, but eventually as I settled into the new normal, I didn't need it. I didn't desire it. And so I actually did Lent when you give up something, you know, for 40 days. Um, my Lent was giving up coffee. And once I completed it, um, I just never went back to it. I just didn't find the desire to go back to it. And so I started getting back into those things that, you know, some of the some of the things that I did as a kid that I love to do and drinking tea was a part of it. So I just incorporated that instead of coffee. So I think the reason that, that I the reason it, it intrigues me so much is because we do all of us have these habits that we that we um that we are either born kind of born into right so yeah. culturally you had a lot of tea right and yeah uh call it a stereotype call it a culture whatever but it's like the it it's simply a culture that you knew and it was yeah. and it's and it's sort of in your spirit because it's something that you knew from a very young age it's like it's probably very comforting and kind of like hey this is home and then yeah then you adopted you adopted coffee as as um, just because you you moved into a space where that's what that's what you do, and that yeah. cult that habit became part of you as well. Although maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't home, right? Yeah. It wasn't and then, organic. Right? Exactly, and then and the, and you're talking about this soul healing journey, where we all have the ability to make change in our lives, yeah. and it really is many times so simple as changing coffee to tea and saying yeah. where where am i where's my best fit and yeah. each of us has that best fit and it is and it is holistic mind body and spirit in this moment of best fit and we and we can settle into there and go ah now that's that's feels, that's right. good <laughs> and it's okay yeah. that that wasn't you know five years ago like five years ago there was this other thing and that was that was my jam you know stoking out on coffee i changed because and i changed coffee at one point in time too because i um I, I was i did a lot of programming in seems like a past life but years ago 15 years ago something like that even more than that did a lot of programming had some employees and i was hard to deal with because i would i loved coffee i loved making coffee i loved figuring out how to make the best pot of coffee and i would just drink coffee 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 and yeah. i didn't even like myself i was so like pop, 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 pop. And it really helped my job. It helped my programming, but I had to close my door and be like, don't, don't talk to me. And it's not personal, but I am offensive to myself. Even yeah. I'm so cut and dry, you know? Yeah. And I had to re yeah. I had to rethink things and go out of decaf uh, in, and, and really, really take down my coffee intake. And now it's, yeah. now I'm very cognizant 
of how it affects my body and yeah. my mind and how yeah. that plays out then in my relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I tr- I understand. I completely understand. And I think in general, like we're speaking the same language as far as there are things in our life that we develop and they just become our normal, but it doesn't suit us. It doesn't suit our life, but we just do it because either it was a generational pattern or generational habit that we picked up um, or it was something that we just fell into that culture and we adopted it, made a choice to adopt it. But then somewhere along, along the line, the thing that we adopted as being you know, unbothersome, it's just a cool thing to do, became a hindrance. You know, um, just like um, I, I would, I'll just use the example. As I said, I, I grew up in an Asian religion. My family um, were, were Buddhists, um, followed the Nichiren Daishon in Buddhism. Uh, if you ever seen the movie, the Tina Turner movie, What's Love Got to Do With It? At the end, she gets introduced to this um, religion. And, and we were so excited because we finally saw somebody that looked like us that was doing our religion. <laughs> growing up in, I'm just saying, growing up in a hood, as a Buddhist, uh, it, it, it's not favorable. <laughs> okay? I can't imagine. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's hard to relate, you know, to people. <laughs> um, you're quiet a lot when it comes down to talking about religion because there's a stereotype of Black people. They, they are either Muslim or Christians. There's right. no in-between. And so my grandmother was a Buddhist and that religion was passed down to my mother and my uncles and my, my entire life, my, my family, we were Buddhist. And so I was one of the first ones to decide to um, transition my faith into Christianity. But Mm. even in that transition, it was so petrifying because this was something that I had known since I could even remember. I grew up, uh, you know, chanting and going to the the community center or the Kaikon and the Butsudan and the Gohansan and all these things that was a part of me. And I'm releasing those things to find this new thing. It was a very intimidating process um because i didn't I, I didn't know what it was like to be by myself i didn't you know to do something alone um mm. i didn't i didn't know the religion at all i didn't know i didn't know if i agreed or disagreed i didn't know but i i was intrigued and i wanted to know and so just that whole process i think as scary as it was and as foreign as it was um it was also i think one of the first things that made me come alive and helped me to tap into who Fatima was meant to be and not necessarily um, following a path that, that, that just, that was already paid for me. That wasn't my path. Yeah. Right. Right. And there are those things that we, but we bring forward from our childhood and we're just programmed with, yeah. it, it, it seems, I heard this said at one point in time that um, when, when we're young, we're told what to think and not how to think that's it's like a, it's it's we're wow. we, we're not given the skills of how to think things through but rather we're just told well here's what you do and here's the right thing here's the wrong thing and and yeah. and the trouble i think that 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 creates is that then when we when we make this transition into adulthood and maturity of like okay now it's just me like now it's me and i got to make my decisions i sometimes we're not on the same we're not on the same map there's like there's no there's no clear map for what that looks like and if we don't have the processes of of uh, decision making, perhaps in place, we have to go searching for those things. Like, how do I how do I figure out what what this looks like when none of my family's been there? When when yeah. we don't when we've never known that, like how yeah. what 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 do I do now? And it almost seems like an impossibility. Like I was talking to a, a friend of mine recently about opportunity, and uh, I said even, even the, you know like the word opportunity doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. It, it yeah. just it just flat out does not. When I think of opportunity, you know, I do some business advisory work. When I think of opportunity, I think of like connections, like on a global scale to to people that I that 20 years ago, I never would have dreamed I would know. And yet yeah. when somebody else thinks of opportunity, they think of like, well, I could get a job at, you know, at the local factory. And that's like wow. and that's the cap. And, right. and until you go through that and you're like, oh, my gosh. Opportunity has a different definition. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and there's yeah. so many, there's so many, like, I feel like there's so many uh, deep things in our spirits, like even like the word love or courage or care or kindness or all mm-hmm. these things. We don't all have the same definition of those things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're preaching to the choir. Um, 
I mean, I, I, everything that you said, I say it's manna from heaven. Okay, okay, it's a Christian spiritual term, but still that means good food, good food. Um, I mean, truly, I, I mean, because just my own personal experience or just analyzing situations that I've been in, I believe people love to the extent of, of how they know, what they know how, like how they, how they know. Um, if they have come from a broken space, then they will love out of that broken space. Mm. But it is their normal. That is them truly giving everything they can to you. And so even with uh, even with courage, or like you said, even with opportunity, if you've never had opportunity, or you never, it was never birthed in you, or it was never nurtured in you, then your opportunity scale would be so minute. But just like you said, once you burst through that that low level, then you're you're able to open up and say, wow, I could possibly do more. I, I could possibly go to the next step. Everybody's everybody's um, progression to that is so different. And I really think their upbringing plays a huge part in that. Just when you were talking about as a kid and um, and being taught to just do not ask questions, not um, analyze, um, not not work that muscle not um, have a dialogue. It wasn't in, in my home or in my neighborhood. It was do as I say, not as I do. That's it. That's it. There was no, there was no, but why? I, I dare you to say, but why? Okay. Um, <laughs> that wasn't an option. And so realizing that now I try to provide an opportunity. I think I provide too much of an opportunity sometimes, but <laughs> provide an opportunity for my children to have a conversation with me. Now, granted, I say at some points, okay, look, we're not dialoguing. Okay. This is a this is not a democracy here. You know, that's what I have mm -hmm. to say sometimes. But um, for the most part, I really we, you know, me and my husband, we really want to lay the foundation of our children being able to truly speak what's on their heart because I was I was writing about this. How can you teach your children to not fear the world? How can you teach them? to um, be fearless and go for what they want if you bully them out of what they feel. And so mm. there has to be a platform set for them to be able to grow in their thinking, you know? So that when they are in a spot, because the, the more they grow, the more they, the less they rely on us and the more they rely on their friends and, and you know, externals, um, you want them to be able to make those wise decisions. You want them to be able to think clearly and say, I should not do that. And this is why for me, this is why not because my mama said so you want them to be able to have that dialogue with themselves, but they they will never be able to, if we don't give them an opportunity to talk about it with us. Right. Totally. And, and there is that transition time and it's, it's so evident in children that, that they, when they start kind of coming into their own and they just want to make decisions and, and uh, they start butting heads against parents. Right. And I've, I've, I've gotten to, three yeah. kids and they've all gone through that transition time of like why do you keep arguing with me about every little thing and i thought right. i was like reasoning this through at one point in time i thought the reason is is because you're setting a framework for your own world and your own life and you're and boundaries for your own self like when you're going to do things when you're not going to do things why you're going to do things why not are you even going to do things are you going to get up in the morning you know you don't know like okay. and and what you're doing what, what the kid is just like it's, it's the kid is just bumping up against my boundaries and you happen to be stuck in my house. So some boundaries you just got to deal with, but then, yeah. and, and I, and I thought, well, now's the time to let, let the child's boundaries open to, to begin to take responsibility for your life. Because the whole, the whole point is to, is to prepare the, a kid to then go to the next phase yeah. Where they can, where they feel comfortable, confident, resilient, with with some with some framework to be able to live life, and it's interesting to me that we as adults don't allow the space for each other to go through those transition times. Yeah, we yeah. we know it for kids, but we don't allow it for adults. We think, well, now, ta-da, you're magically like you signed the your eighteen certificate. Yeah. Great job, you know. But yeah. but you know, and I think it's in your book that about about like well, well what do you do? What do you do yeah. when you go through a transition time? How do you how do you build a framework? And yeah. you know, this the title of this talk going against the grain. Yeah, 
And I think that, um, I mean, to your point, we don't show enough grace. Hmm. We just don't show enough grace to each other. And I don't really know what that's about. I mean, I would, I would say that I, I, I truly am a believer that a lot of our habits start because of how they were developed as a child, because hmm. kids don't remain kids. We, we grow up, right? And so if we don't learn how to be forgiving as a child, then how are we going to be as a grown up? You know, those habits, they just follow us and they become huge monsters that we fed and now it's out of control. So I really do believe at the end of the day, there's a lot of the stuff that we have going on that goes back to the past that we just never gave enough attention to, to clean out. Um, and just with anything, it, it goes with us like a, in, a, on a, in a backpack and just follows us wherever we go. So the attitude that we had as a child that nobody, you know, um, structured and thought was cute because they're two and three years old and they're saying sassy stuff. And you're like, hey, 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 that's cute, but not my kid, but that's cute. And so, and then they just grow up to be that type of an adult. Mm. And, um, and then we get into this space where it's like, I'm keeping it real, but I'm really being shady <clears throat> and insulting. And it's not um, speaking the truth in love. And yeah. so in that, I just feel like we don't show each other enough grace. Another like learning curves are out. And that could be because of the, the I mean, it could be um, the culture of the corporate world coming into your personal world of you don't get that much of a learning curve. You need to know it. You know, you need to know it like now. But we treat each other like that as far as you say you know how to do it. So you should be able to be excellent at it. But in our own lives, in our own everyday life, we are not perfect. And we can put on a facade about it, but we are not perfect people. Yet we have this expectation of everybody else to be perfect in their dialogue and the way they um, overall treat us um, and the opportunities they allow for us. We just expect this level of perfection that is just so unrealistic. And I really think it sets us all up for failure, looking at people to be this idea of perfection that we can't even meet up to. Right. And then and it, it's also interesting to me, you know, that that if we have that idea of perfection, which then naturally, you know, I expect you to be a certain way and do a certain thing and, you know, have it all together. Um, then when you don't, then I tend to require some sort of penance for you to pay yeah. Yeah. for you messing it up. And yeah, and I understand like I understand where that comes from. And yet at the end of the day. Like if we were, you were to, if we were to fast forward and just fast forward life, fast forward generations, this is like we, we, that moment is a blip on the radar. Like it's not that significant right? in a grander scheme. And what's more significant is that when we point it out, like speaking the truth in love, when we point it out to one another and say, Hey. We need to come together on this thing. That's the more significant moment, yes, and that only yes. happens. That that only happens when bad things happen. I was yeah. having this conversation yesterday with a person um, from British Columbia, and she's like, "You know, everybody loves Canada. You know, everything everybody thinks Canada's great." And uh, she said, "But there's this indigenous peoples issue that Canada has." And uh, they have these schools, and I don't quite understand it. Um, and I didn't poke too much. The uh, but they have these these schools where I where I'm just gathering that kids were basically sent to these um, places to just you know you that's a school. It's like a, almost like a boarding school for indigenous people. Um, sure. But the trouble was is like sometimes people wouldn't come back; they would just be gone, and nobody knew where these people were at. And then wow. recently, they uncovered through the through some like in-ground sonar or something like that a mass grave of over 200 children wow. who were buried and wow. the and the cover-up or whatever happened from that area all the way through the government that yeah people knew stuff wasn't going right well them it's a terrible thing absolutely what's what's beautiful about it and it's not to downplay the awfulness but what's beautiful about it is now there's this massive movement towards the for the community to come together and to care for one another 
there's mm. free there's free free counseling and therapy and there's there's services and also this expansion of care yeah not not from a not from um kind of like a not because of penance not because penance needs to be paid but because people like my 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 friend who I was speaking with she's like I'm I'm giving therapy away for everybody she's she wow. normally makes her money using therapy she's like i'm just giving i'm just giving it away she's like, i i went there for like a week or whatever and yeah. i and i just keep going back just to care for people and yeah. she is like she's she comes alive when she talks about it yeah and i and i feel like we need it's almost like we need this ebb and flow of if if you want to see how great people can be and how how well-meaning people can gather together to take care of each other you get, there has to be a reason yeah well i think that i understand that i also think that we can make a reason i mm. think that we all have an obligation if we want to see change and it sounds so cheesy but i really believe you have to be the change that you want to see but it starts with you it starts in your home first because to me how much worse is it that you can be giving and loving to those outside your home, but not inside. Mm. To me, that's a worse sin. And it starts with giving pain a purpose. Number one, being able to give it a voice. And you talked about a grave. Imagine being so um, suppressed with pain and hurt that you feel buried alive and mm. that you walk around in your life every day, all day, connecting with people, but not really, and being emotionally disconnected. Like you were talking about as far as how the coffee made you and you just couldn't even, number one, you didn't like yourself and you didn't like yourself around other people. And so you isolated yourself. And at one, at some point you had to hit some sort of a rock bottom to be able to look at yourself in the face and say, this right here has got to change. Imagine if we all did that if we all took the time to, to, to truly just stop and not just look in the mirror to fix our hair, but look in the mirror to see ourselves and look into our soul to say, you know what? People continue to complain about this one area in my life. Everything else is good, but they constantly bring up this thing about me. I need to look at that deeper mm. and, and working in that area to become a better human. And then from there to, to, to me, I guess, you know, my Pollyanna is self, <laughs> I like to take it a step further and take whatever it uncovers, whatever that event was, that, that whatever that pain is, whatever um, frustration, whatever that is that is uncovered, take it and then turn it into purpose. And that means speaking, verbalizing it and, and not being ashamed of, of that situation and expressing it with the point of allowing somebody else to go second and say, you know what, I've dealt with that too. Mm. That in itself is a form of therapy, is a form of healing, is a form of extending your hand out to your, to your brother or your sister. It, and it has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with ethnicity or the culture. We all have pain. I'm, I'm writing a new book and I was just writing about that last night that I have spoken to so many people um, around the world and I am fascinated by the fact that when we are talking about life events, that we tend to say the same thing. Number one, that we were told um, to silence our pain. What happens in our house stays in our house. And, and that we, they, although it was acknowledged that the discretion happened, that was it. Shh, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. And so the person learned to not talk about it. So even when they got to an age for which we are held accountable for ourselves, they didn't talk about it. And they go through years and years wondering why their life is crazy. And so this is, I have heard it from people in Singapore, in India, in the UK, in Australia, all these people that have shared similar stories to my story. And it made me stop and say, to me, there is such a global infestation of dysfunction. <laughs> and, and it starts with one of us. If it, how can you heal when nobody's willing to talk about what they need to heal from? Oh. But if we were all just one thing, if we just spoke and acknowledged one thing and took away the shame on one thing in our life, 
enough to share with somebody else, it's like a domino effect. Think about how impacting that it could be to other people and essentially helping this world to truly in a cheesy way, I'll say it, helping this world to truly be a, a, a better place, you know, because we are all being connected, not just with our pain, but we're being connected with our healing. Totally. I love what you're saying. I'm doing a quick calculation here. Um, the population of the United States is something like 350 million. Is that true? I think that's true. Yeah. I'm going to go with it. Yes. I said yes, it confidently, Abby. didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> means it's true. It's true. <laughs> Which means, now get this. So I, I, I love what you're talking about here because in the United States, we represent less than 5% of the population of the entire world. And yet, we think, and I'll count myself among, uh, you know, among, among the group, we think that we are the 95% of the population yeah. of the world. And it's bullshit. And, and, and it's so, it's fascinating to me. Now, now this was, I, uh, this, I, don't, I don't want, I don't mean to be controversial here, but here's a reality. I had this conversation a year ago with a guy in South Africa around COVID. Yeah. It was when it was when in the United States we were having these arguments over whether people should be pay, getting paid an extra what six hundred dollars a week or something like that uh, for unemployment. Yeah. I mean, it was like intense right. arguments. Um, yeah. And so I'm talking with this guy in South Africa, and he's like, "Yeah, you know what the you know what the stipend is here in South Africa? Something like twenty dollars a month per person." He says people live about ten to a house um, because so he says the social distancing thing that you're all talking about means nothing to us nothing at all and he said and you know what we're not getting we're not getting outbreaks of covid in hospitals and he says and there's there's no we don't even know why it maybe it's the years of antiviral drugs and that type of stuff that you know have been given for malaria and whatnot we don't know um however there is a spike in children going to the hospital for malnutrition because the economy is shut down and the government can't just print money and send it out to everybody and i was like wow. and i'm sitting and, and he says wow. and and the power cycles here, they have, they, they, we're on level whatever because the hydroelectric dam is going down. It's like we have to power cycle. And it was illegal until like four months ago that you could put solar and create your own power. You had to buy power from the grid. So he's talking to me about all these things. And, and I was just like, I, it just struck me so hard that we, we live in a land of like where everything's amazing. We have the privilege, we have the privilege to, to, to argue right. whether we should or should not get $600 a week. Right. We have the privilege right. to argue about some very, very surfacey things in our lives. Yeah. Because none of us are like, you know what? We're on level you know, two, which means power's gonna go out every, you know, for two hours a day now. Um, right. And, you know, my kids, the, the economy shut down, so, and, and they can't, the government can't just give us more money. So we got it like, hey, friends and family, you just got to stack into this house. We're all going to like double up and, you know, some of you sleep in the yard and then, you know, send our kids to the hospital because they're, they're suffering from malnutrition. It's like, wake up. Like there, there's real suffering in the world. Yeah. And, and to your point of like, if, if we want to complain about society, but just like close the door for just a moment. Like instead of shouting out your front door at the rest of the world, how that rest of the world needs to get together, close your front door and like yeah. sit down with your family and go, Hey, are we, are we doing this well? And I know for I... a fact in my own life, there've been times I have not been doing that, I've not been doing that well. And I was doing a remarkable yeah. job taking care of everybody outside, right. which is crazy. <laughs> In right. retrospect, it's like so, so wrong. <laughs> that is how we're built, though. That is what is portrayed. That is what is put out there into the atmosphere, that that is the way it should be. I mean, even the whole work-life balance, I, we hear it. It sounds good. It looks good on, um, on, on the internet site with the company, right? But when it boils down to, I need to take this time off to spend time with my family, it's like, really, right now? Because we have this project, you know? Now, not everybody, some some companies do it wonderful, but some companies are not so wonderful. And I mean, even with, you know, the COVID and the fact that there were so many people that still had to go out and work because they didn't have a choice. 
you know, the, the we were everybody was saying shut down, shut down. But if they went, if they didn't go to work, there would be nothing coming into the into the home. But I just think that I mean, you're, the perspective is perspective, right? It's so much about perspective and understanding how just how blessed you really are or we really are. Um, yeah. But also being able to say, okay, I, I understand that there are so many things that I have going on in my life that are pretty awesome, but also that just should give me room to look at the things that aren't so awesome. And like you were saying, as far as like relationships, me going through what I considered a soul healing journey, and I really am a proponent of that. Um, but going through that process, the more I dealt with the bigger stuff that was like huge eyesores in my personal um, memory, once I got those things out of the way, it made room for those littler things that I would just kind of, you know, discard because this big thing happened to me. So this little thing over here, this little thing is why, and this big thing is why I got this little thing. So it's excusable. But once I dealt with the huge things, the pain from sexual abuse, the pain from physical abuse, the pain from losing a child, losing a brother, all these things that I had carried with me throughout every year of my life. Once I released the pain and the hurt and the sorrow from those huge things, then I was able to see those other things that I had developed as coping habits, like the out of control spending or, you know, or the gossiping or, okay, I, I really haven't been much of a gossiper, but I'm just giving it as an analogy. Um, or, you know, no gossiper would say they are. But, but, you know, but these things, you know, that we do as a way to cope with the huge stuff, it gave me an uh, ability to be able or an opportunity to be able to look at those things and say that needs to be cleaned up too. And that needs to be cleaned up too. Why do you get so angry all the time when such and such mm. says this? And why do you, you know, tend to say, you know, kind of put down these things towards your husband when he makes a comment about this? And why, when your, when your kid calls you, you don't like to pick up the phone. Let's start dealing with those things now because now that's about you. That's not about what other people did to you. That's about your habits, your horrible decision-making and the things that you have the control to change. And so just doing that work made me have to, like you say, close my door and say, you guys, I'll be with you in a minute and close my door, look at my stuff and then not just look at it and say, oh, in secret, oh God, please forgive me. That was wrong for me to say. But really making an effort to make it right and looking at that relationship and saying, um, where do they fall in the spectrum of my life? And are they important enough to get uncomfortable for? So is is my relationship important enough for me to go through the process of picking up the phone and saying, can we talk? Or can we meet and can we talk? And can I give you the opportunity to forgive me? In other words, just saying, will you forgive me? Not I'm sorry if. But I screwed up. This is my mess. I made this relationship screwed up. Okay, maybe they played a part or not, but I'm owning mine. And this was what I contributed to our relationship being jacked up. And I'm sitting in it and I'm owning it. And I'm asking if you can find it in your heart at one point or another to forgive me. You know, I know it may take some time, but please forgive me. And giving them that opportunity and that space and not manipulating the situation, but giving them that opportunity to decide whether they want to forgive you or not and so basically releasing that control over the situation owning the mess and releasing the control there is something scary about that and there is something beautiful about it because it opens up the door for a relationship to be reconciled and Mm -hmm. to and to resolve some things that may not have been talked about but hinted at or you throw jabs at each other but you're not bold enough to have the one-on-one conversation it sets that platform to have those conversations and when your home life is working right you are the best person on the job you are the best friend you are the best all of that because where you coming from every day where you go to sleep at where you wake (laughs) up at it's it's working right you know there's something to be said about like you said closing that door dealing with inside the home, working on that relationship first, and then being a connection for other people and being unashamed of what you have went through enough to share it with somebody else so that they can pull from it and heal in their lives too. Oof. Yeah. You, you are, you're speaking with such wisdom 
and um and also a strength i see this i see this strength and authority and assertiveness because you've lived it like you've gone you've gone through that dark night of the soul and you're and you're just like i'm done with this i'm i'm moving out of this place i don't need this anymore and you're now using it for strength and i i find that that you wouldn't you would not have that strength had you not gone through the stuff you've gone through you may even know what to do you may have known it yeah. might have already been in you like i should do this i shouldn't do this like I, oh my gosh can't believe i responded that way right so so many yeah. times we know what to do but until yeah. we go through the experience of like oh my god that was awful yeah. we we don't <laughs> ever come out with this strength to just be like no I, here's here's how i'm building this house yeah yeah absolutely and i really believe to to yeah to a huge extent that is true I think there's another side of it that the reason why we don't, the reason why we don't take the extra step to do the work is because we're scared. Mm. Grown-ups get scared too. <laughs> right? What? <laughs> right. All the time. <laughs> right. We get scared too. And we, I, I believe, at least from my experience, I literally had a moment when I decided I'm going to do this. I am walking through this door I am going to look at this stuff. I'm going to have the conversations. I'm going to face my mess. The pain, when I say mess, I mean a lot of pain that I said I, I couldn't tolerate. I couldn't, I didn't know if I could handle the pain um, of, of situations, right? Something seemed so overbearing. I didn't think that I would come out not insane, okay? Um, but then the way I was living was insane. Go figure. <laughs> so right? see how that happened. <laughs> But when I said, I'm really, really, I'm really going to take this step. I got so scared. I got so petrified. And I had to have a conversation with my safe place. I call it a safe place. Those people that um, can allow you to freak out in the love zone, as it said. Or mm -hmm. you can just be your rawest with and your darkest with. And they're not afraid of it. And so I had to go to my safe place. And I literally said, I'm scared to do this work because I'm afraid of what I'm going to be like on the other side, mm. because I knew who I was today. Even though I was messed up, even though I was anxiety stricken, had a chip on my shoulder, was angry at the drop of the hat, was just flipping out on all my loved ones, isolating myself, even though I was doing all this stuff that is not healthy, I could rely on it. I knew it. I knew how I would respond if somebody made me mad. I knew how I responded if somebody made me upset. I knew how I would apologize afterwards. I knew how to somewhat fix it afterwards. I was comfortable in my mess. And I did not know how I was going to be when I got, when I faced it and acknowledged that I was wrong. So that meant I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't know who that Fatima was going to be. Was that Fatima going to be cool? Was people going to like that Fatima? Was my husband going to think that Fatima is born and she's lost her sassiness? Like what, you know, who was I going to be? And that the fact of the unknown scared me. And I had to come to a place, two things where number one, my desire to change had to be stronger than my fear. And number two, I had to give up the desire to know, desire to know and just do it. Just say, what the heck? This is the cliff. There's the water. I want the adventure. I'm just jumping and pray I'll hit that rock. Like I just had to do it. Yeah. You know? And then on the other side of it, I am just like so, I'm just so full of life, like truly from the inside out. And it's because I made room for that light to connect from, to me, what my God or whatever faith it would be to connect to my soul. I made room for the being to connect. And now I'm truly living on purpose and I'm living what I was meant to do. And to your point, I would never have been here. I would never be here talking to you. I wouldn't be here sharing all this stuff if it was not for being, just having that little bit of courage to say, I'm going to take this one step. I don't know what the heck is about to happen, but I'm just going to take this step. And God, I pray that you with me. That's so, that is so huge. There's this thing, there's this thought that's like circling in my mind that's forming as you're speaking about, about this idea that that moment it's almost it's almost like we kind of creep up on it it's like a it's like a if you've ever been out camping or something like that and there's like a fire there's a fire like out in the darkness and you're just like i'm gonna go out and 
you know, visit my friends at the campfire. And you're just walking towards it and it starts to get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And that's that, I feel like that's that moment of coming out of the darkness. And the, and, and the brightness is, almost, I think it's this combination of, of this thought of, what if it's all me? Huh. What if, what if I yeah. need, what if, what if all of this darkness, what if that's my responsibility? It's not, yeah. it's not the other person. It's not the circumstances. It's not the stuff yeah. I've done, you know, to get into here. It's like at any point in time, yeah. I, it, it's me to walk yeah. out and simultaneously, I'm just required to walk out and simultaneously to also give up yeah. the future, to yeah. give up any control of the future and say, no, the principle is I'm going to walk here to the light. Yeah. And, and then, and I think it's that moment. It's that moment of not, not just taking responsibility. Cause there's a lot of nonsense about, you know, talked about like taking response, take responsibility, take responsibility, but, it, but it's yeah. devoid of, but then who's in charge of the future. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I agree. And, and it's a, and it's a principle that, that I think a lot of people, they hold this balance of, well, I'm going to take responsibility for my life, but life doesn't matter because, you know, we were some, from some primordial goo anyhow. Right, right. You don't believe Escaping. that. You don't believe that right. at all. You what you don't want to do is you don't want to say life is my responsibility to make to make me and my community and my and the people, my sphere of influence to do good things in that sphere of influence. That's my that's me. That's my responsibility. Yes. Even yes. if nobody else does, that's still me. Absolutely. And, and then also to say Yeah, and also to say then the future also matters. But I'm not in charge of the future. I'm right. in charge of right now, and God's right. got the future. And right. it is that I moment which is like, ah, that's the moment of terror for I think it was, you know, I've I've been where that's where you're just like standing on the edge of the unknown. You're just like, I know I gotta jump. Yeah. And I have but no idea. I don't even know how how tall I I don't know how tall the cliff is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just yeah. gonna jump. And that's when that right, but that's where that faith is, right? The faith is when you is the faith is not standing on the cliff. The, stat, the the faith comes in is when you lift your feet up. Right. right? <laughs> that's where the faith is at. And so, or when you're in the dark and it's really, really dark and you know that light, you saw it before you left. So, you know, the light is there, but now you all of a sudden thinking, am I turned around? Did I go the right way? Well, what happened? But, but yeah, I, the, the trueness, the trueness that there is nothing else to be said is that we may, we may not have been responsible for the pain that has been brought up on us. There may have truly been situations where it was really out of our control and not our fault, but it is our responsibility to fix it. It's our responsibility to take ownership of our life and to make our life the best that it can be and not rely on other people, not rely on an apology because sometimes you just don't get it. Yeah. Not rely on somebody to turn around and say, I see your point. You made some valid points. Sometimes that just don't happen, but being able to Say within yourself, I am changing the direction of where my life was going. I'm changing the narrative that has been spoken of my life. And I'm doing it with one step at a time, addressing this situation, this one situation. And then I'll choose if I want to address the next one when I'm ready. And then from there, I'm going to change that situation so that it would never happen to me again. And I'm going to change my story. It starts with one decision at a time, but it is our individual responsibility, as well as understanding that although I have these things that I can control, there is so much more that I don't, and I'm okay with that. And <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm okay with that. And I, and I think that that puts us, that sets us in our place, that there is something bigger than us. And that we are not a, 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 a island to ourselves. That there is something more out there that is beyond our knowing, possibly. But then, I, but my, I'm going to control my controllables, and this is what I can control. And I'm going to control the fact, uh, control the narrative that people have spoken over my life. I'm going to control the narrative that I have spoken over my life, and I'm going to change it, not just for me, but for my legacy, and for so that I can be a better human. So that when people engage with me, I don't know how it's going to be when they engage with somebody else, but when they engage with me, they can say, you know what? Not all people, not all people like that are that way. <laughs> I thought they were, but no, you know, they're not because that was a sweet person. And I had a great encounter with that person. Now their, their mindset shifts. We all impact each other and we are all connected. 
Oh my gosh. So, so true. And I think I, I do <laughs> firmly believe, and that's why, that's, I mean, that's why coffee with human exists. Well, co rather coffee with humans exists because I really do believe that when people get together, it's our responsibility and authority to go about making ourselves like learning from you, you learning from me, like push, putting our lives together in this moment on our journeys for just an hour to make the world a better place. We have, we, it is our responsibility and our authority. And, and the, yeah. the reason I say that is if we look across all, all of all the stuff that's around us, the plants, the animals, the, you know, the fish, the birds, all this other stuff, if their environment changes significantly, they die. It's done. It's over. They're just doing their thing every day. The only, the, the, the thing that sets us apart from everybody else, from all this other stuff, is that we have the ability to clearly name our present reality, hmm. to clearly identify what we want in the future, and then to be able to go about making that change at any point in time. It, it is always now. Now could be the moment. Make yeah. the change now. And, and also the ability to destroy things that, that, did, that no longer serve us. They served us before. Fear, safe, you know, desire for safety, the, you know, the patterns, bad patterns sometimes. They served us in the past. And we say, no, right. now, now it, I don't need that anymore. I can create yeah. a different future and I can't create it alone. It's not, it's not, it's not just me in this moment. It's you too. And it's not just for me. It's yeah. for, like you say, everybody that I will meet. The impact on that and, and the responsibility and authority, I think, is off the charts. And I know too often I've just got lost in just like, hey, I'm just doing my thing, making more widgets type of stuff. And it's, just, it's not <laughs> enough. It's just yeah. not enough. Because if we're not here, to, if we're not here to, to, do, to, do, to do better inside and do better with you in this moment, I don't know why we're here. What, what right, is the, the point? point? All right, all right. So, so stop being selfish. Stop being selfish. <laughs> Just do something good for somebody. <laughs> well, I think it also allows us, you know, having gone through that dark, that 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 dark moment. I I know what it's like to exist in the dark moment, and so, and I think you do too. And so, when when somebody else is in that dark moment. It's not, it's not necessarily, you know, sitting at the campfire, just like, Hey, we're over here. We're over here. We're over here. It's yeah. sometimes being like, ah, that dark doesn't hurt me anymore. I'm going to go out and I'll walk with you. Right. I'll, I'll stand yeah. here. I know it's super dark. This is super scary. Yeah. Believe me. I know let's, but you know what? Is it time? Should we, should we go now? Oh, it's not time. That's yeah. fine. I'll stay a little longer with you here in the darkness. Absolutely. And then, and then, and then come on, we can, we can go. It's, it's time. Yeah. I think, I think there's something beautiful in that. As we're as yeah. we're winding down our time, tell me about your book. Like bring bring all this yeah. stuff full circle into why this matters to you so much and what you're doing with your books. Yeah. So that's what what you mentioned. That is what I am here to do, to be able to go with people and find them in their dark place. Mm -hmm. And um, first they have to acknowledge it. But once they acknowledge it, then I can come alongside them and link arms with them to help them to get to the light and to help them to have their own personal soul healing journey and encourage them to incorporate their faith. And I have um, courses, I call them self-care, um, self-love um, self courses where people can go and just work through questions that, you know, they're not, they're not major complicated, just questions that you wouldn't normally ask yourself to really go deeper in your journaling to figure out what's really going on. And also being able to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation in a safe place. I call those safe place sessions where we get together mm -hmm. and talk about the, the, your, your answers, talk about the answers and what they really mean. And just go a little deeper and dive in there and see what's really going on. And so that is my life's purpose. I came through all this junk for this one reason, and it's to serve other people and to help them to heal. And so a part of that journey was writing my book. And the book is called The Prescription is in the Dirt. The mm. prescription is in the dirt. The dirt is all those things, those taboo things that we don't like to talk about that I am urging people, that you are urging people to start having the conversations about, even if it's with themselves and journaling, journal, journal, journal. But it's those, those, those dirty things, those dark rooted things 
the sexual abuse, the physical abuse, domestic abuse, the pain, the grief that you still carry from a loved one and that people are like, they don't even want to hear about it anymore because it makes them uncomfortable, right? All those things that are taboo, that happens in the church that you don't talk about, that happens in the home that you dare not speak of, those mm. things that need to be voiced, giving your pain a voice. Well, that was, I, a lot of that was my dirt. And I talk about how, what they were and how they impacted my life in different ways. And then how I was able to come up out of it, you know, how I was able to pray myself up out of it, walk wobbly out of it because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And then, and, and then get strength up under my legs and say, you know what? I get it now. I get it. They don't control me anymore. I control me. And just the different, the, the different things that I went through as far as relationally with my, with my, as a, as a mother, as a child, as a, as a, as a wife, you know, just in different facets of my life where that dirt played a huge part and just really bringing home the fact of if we do not do the work and look at that dirt for what it is, look at that dark place for what it is, then we can wind up in our lives totally functioning, but functioning completely disconnected emotionally. Mm. And, and just like, a, a, like I always say, like a, a walking zombie. And, and then, but if we allow um, our, our faith or our creator, whoever your creator is to you, to be able to get into that dirt and to turn it like soil and enrich it, it <clears throat> would start its own germination and be able to grow such beautiful things out of it. And that's what happened. I went through a whole bunch of stuff. I started journaling it. It wound up coming into a book. I was like, how did this happen? But God knew that was my assignment. And so I wound up putting it in a book and it is doing pretty awesome. It can be found on Amazon. Um, the prescription is in the dirt and it can also be found on my website. And I, I think you had it up, FatimaC.com. Right now it's, it has a 4.9 out of five rating. I wish they would just go ahead and give me that point. Okay. It's like when you go to the gas station and you're trying to hit 20 and they do 2001, it's just like, Ugh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just give me the dang point already. But but yeah, awesome reviews. And I'm just so grateful to be walking in this space. I've always loved to write and I lost that passion. Um, life had um, helped me to lose that passion. And mm. I found it a few years ago and I wound up um, writing a book. The prescription is in the dirt. And so you, you can get it on, on Amazon and on my website. Wow. Oh, this, I mean, I, I, I don't, uh, I say this sincerely. I honor your journey, uh, you and, and the place you've come from and, and where you're at now and, and, and that you would walk, you know, walk on with, with me for the past hour on my journey and, and all of the listeners and viewers, uh, globally, uh, who watch and listen to Coffee with Humans. It's, I, I can't think of many better times um wow. then to get together with with an individual such as you and hear the hear life hear about life change um because i think that so so many people believe it's not possible and yeah. uh and they stay they stay right right they stay right where they're at or they think it's not their responsibility and somebody else's um but boy when like, like you talked about earlier when you walk through that moment you all of a sudden there's this like it's also it's almost like oh i can take a breath and now i'm living yeah, and I'm present, and I'm purposeful, and I I find it so fascinating to I, I find it so fascinating when people live out that truth. So thank you so much for being oh, here. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Well, uh, Megan here says, uh, "Heart, heart, heart." The title, the prescription is in the dirt. So yes, thank you uh, to our viewers and listeners here. Um, Coffee with humans is a candid live talk show broadcast all around the world today and then doubles up as a podcast on spotify apple google uh iHeartRadio, and other places and my guest today is fatima i met her um an hour and 15 minutes ago and i knew nothing about her and um we we could sit down and have dinner together now so i i i love it thank you so much for being here coffee with humans where strangers become friends catch us uh frequently on this live stream and also subscribe to the YouTube channel, share and go pick up Fatima's book. Bigger that way. There you go. Fatima's book <laughs> uh, on Amazon. Yeah. The prescription is in the dirt. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, Fatima. 
Thank you. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have, meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls.